Culture. 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 Equality, equity, and justice. Mm -hmm. Religion as culture. It's hard to define. Belonging. I would get passed over. Conflict. Conversation. There are conflicts that happen. It's life. Celebrate differences. Compromise. Cooperation. Culture. Mm -hmm. Culture and belonging. Welcome to the Culture and Belonging podcast from Troy University and the Office of Institutional Research, Planning, and Effectiveness. I'm Rich Ledet. And I'm Wendy Broyles. Cultural identity is often tied to where we call home. But what happens when that home changes? People living in a new place often feel torn between the pressure to assimilate and an opposing pressure to preserve the culture of home. Today, we'll talk with someone who knows what it's like to adjust to a new culture. Miguel Rodriguez Blessed, event specialist at Troy University's Dothan campus. Before he worked for Troy University, Miguel lived in Puerto Rico, where he earned a master's in art administration and cultural development at the University of Puerto Rico. Miguel, thank you so much for joining us on Culture and Belonging. Thank you, guys. So we know who you are and what you do here at Troy, but how did you get here? So I lived, um, well, me and my wife uh, lived in Puerto Rico for 29 years. Uh, I lived in uh, Rio Piedras. It's a town, uh, one of the closest towns to uh, San Juan. That, that San Juan is one of, the, like, basically the capital of the island, which probably most everybody heard of. My college, you know, I studied in UPR, which is the short term, but it's University of Puerto Rico, which is historically the first university at the island. I did there my bachelor's and my master's. My bachelor's was the just uh, art teacher, like art classes. Yeah. And my second was, the rough translation is art administration and cultural development. Okay. So then how do you, how do you define culture? Okay, so it's going to sound weird. No. <laughs> so, uh, the, the way I, like, sometimes I identify culture normally is through the way people talk and also through the food like oh, through, yeah. that's a lot of the ways that I, I identify culture those are probably the dominant some of the dominant expressions yeah. of culture but we we've had conversations with other guests and we ask people to define culture and it's either something that's really, really broad mm-hmm. and encompasses a lot of things. And this is just to me, it's either really a big thing or it's a very specific thing. Right. You know, like food is, is a specific thing. But then, you know, if you start thinking, you could, you could really come up with a big, broad definition of culture. And if it's too big, it's too broad and it's almost meaningless, right? The culture is everything. So then what is it? But thinking about culture as, as, as something very specific, you know, acknowledging that we're not, when we talk about food, we're not downplaying the importance of language or song or creative work, mm-hmm. you know, writing, for example, you know. But as a scholar, I need a specific definition often because if it's, if you're going to if you're going to define something, then I can go and measure it. And if I can measure something, then I can start looking for relationships between other things I can measure. Recognizing that culture is, is as big as you want it to be or also is as specific, I think it gives, it still gives the conversation, it still structures the conversation in a way that 
helps us learn. Mm-hmm, definitely. But for me, those are the two big ones, uh, language and food. Uh, and that's especially what happened with me and my wife. We both, when we came to Alabama, the way we consume culture, especially the American culture, was always through TV. Mm-hmm. And our history books were not you know, very big on details. It was mostly the basics. So when we came in, we had certain expectations of what we expected in Alabama, since we'd never been here, but what we know or heard. And when we came in, it was like, wow, they they do, sh- you know, they, they like a lot of fried food like we do. Like in Puerto Rico, they like a lot of fried food, but it was different. In Puerto Rico, they, you know, like fried food, but here they like it more uh, with, with more thick of the batter on their fried chicken. We love it. But it was like something that's like so unique or, or, you know, for us, it was very unique. And then we started, we went to the peanut festival and oh, we're like, yeah. and we were like, they love the peanut. <laughs> like in Puerto Rico, they like it, but not, not to the same degree. It's, it's like in Puerto Rico, it's, el, it's the, the, the plantains. Right. Yeah, that the fried yeah. plantains, and but then here's the peanut, and it's like, oh, this is so interesting and fascinating. Uh, and we had the boiled peanut for the first time; we never had it. So for us, it was this journey of like with the food, and then and then the, the second was the language. We would start hearing certain words like oh, the honeydews or other terms. Uh, Maria learned the word Gucci, and it's like, like the brands, like no, it's they actually use it on the term like that you being so extra, you like to be very ex- expensive sometimes, fancy. so yeah. fancy. And, and I was like, really? He's like, yeah. It's just, and, and, it's, and we we were like, okay, we're getting into it. We're getting and we the the way the first the first thing we both came in is like we're getting into the culture. We're yeah. we're learning from it. We're understanding it. We now we hear something. We know what they mean. Right. It, was just, it was it was a blast every time. And every time I get something new, it's like okay, cool. I'm getting into it. <laughs> I get excited. Yeah. The peanut and the plantain. See, as a guy who loves peanut butter and banana sandwiches, I, I kind of want to mix the peanuts and the plantains. Is that is that is that well, not good? Winnie's making a face I'm at just, me right I'm now. I'm thinking like there are different kinds of plantains, right? Like there's there's the sweet, but there's also the the savory. So. Oh, but that's that's the trick. It's the same thing. It's the plantain. Uh, you have to let uh, when the plantain is green is when you fry it, and yeah. then you have the fried plantains. But then you have to let it mature, and that's when it turns yellow and black, and then it turns sweet. Yeah. But it's the same plantain. Yeah. That's why we love it. <laughs> but now that you give me an idea, I'm gonna try <laughs> it out, and I'll let you know how it goes. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. And you're also invited if you want to try it out. Yes. Well, you came here from Puerto Rico with your partner. Tell me about culture shock. There had to be some of that. There had to be some things that caught you off guard that you weren't prepared for. Maybe some things that even still rub you the wrong way. Because this is, again, something I'm interested in is culture can often cause conflict. And not just conflict between individuals, but internal conflict, you know, where we might see people who or experience people who have different values than we have or have different experiences with others that's that's just doesn't quite sit well with maybe the way I was raised you know so was there any of that and how do you deal with that our biggest culture shock I think it was how quiet it is we you know in Puerto Rico 
something about our you know Puerto Rican culture is that uh, everybody is a little bit loud. There's a lot of loud music. There's a lot of interactions. Uh, something that we encounter is like not here. Like everybody when they're talking to each other, they're very like in between. Not a lot. Uh, not a lot of loud music. And for us, I was you know it was a shock to what we're accustomed to in, in Puerto Rico. Other culture shocks, I think it was going back to the food, of how the food is prepared. We like to season our food a lot and before we cook it, like like marinate it, season it, and then after that we cook it. We've seen a lot of times when they cook certain meals, they add the seasoning later. Mm. So that for us, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> Probably we tried it, but we we just like okay we're not gonna do that again. We tried it, we tried that. We like to try things before we, you know, do comments or say something. We're just like let's try it out. Let's see how it goes. Like okay, not for us. It was an interesting experience, but not for us. And and that's how we leave it. We just leave it like that. And oh, I have to say. They respect the rules of the of the streets perfectly. That's something that I cannot say about Puerto Rico. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm sorry if someone from Puerto Rico listens to it, but they know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm thinking all oh, their stuff that gave us a shock, but um, mostly. Oh, okay. This is a thing um, that we also notice is how many churches they are. Um, we know that in in Alabama, it's very you know there a lot of people are very uh, in in their religion. And also Puerto Rico is the same. They do, but it's the amount of churches they, they are. There's a, there's a lot of temples and church. And Puerto Rico is you know mostly Christian Catholic. Uh, and there's there's some churches and they're like very like specific locations. In here, uh, something that shocked us is the amount. Mm-hmm. So we were like, wow, so many. And, and we asked uh, a past coworker from my part-time jobs here. And he said like, no, yeah, it's like, they keep, you know, like someone is in there and they're in their group. They don't like it and they just make their own. It's just that easy. And it's like, yeah, it's uh, it's that easy. And like, oh, in, like interesting, like how how much and how many are there? That that's something that actually shocked us, and we got accustomed to it because it's like, you know, after a year, it's like, yeah, we've been through this street so many times that we see the same church. So we're just like, yeah, it's it's there. That's that's how it is. Like. Yeah, shades of faith. One thing that's unique about the United States is the First Amendment allows that religious marketplace to flourish, right? We have no state church. We might have a lot of religious persuasions in our politics, but there is no state-sanctioned church, right? Um, I mean, there's if if my memory serves me correctly, the Temple of Satan even has protection from the IRS as a nonprofit organization, right? I think so, yeah. So, you know, any 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 group that wants to petition the IRS to get nonprofit status can do so because of the First Amendment, you know. And as it turns out, that lack of restriction on belief system is exactly why there are so many faith traditions in the United States. And we are, the United States is separate from the rest of the advanced industrialized world 
in the study of religion and politics for that reason. Because the First Amendment allows, and in this case, if religion is culture, the First Amendment is what allows that, those different cultures to blossom free from state interference. With religion, that's, that's an explanation for why you see so much religious diversity. Not just diversity of religious thought, but, you know, the amount, you know, not just the types, but the amount of, of different belief systems. So that's, you know, Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens, too. You know, I mean, you guys aren't a state yet, but, you yeah. know. <laughs> We're still waiting on that. Mm -hmm. uh, the, they're still debating over there in the yeah. island what to do. So yeah. I can't wait to go there and ask people how they feel about it. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, don't don't do that. Um, no, I know it's a content. I know it's a contentious it's, topic. Yeah, um, I was gonna say like if you do that question, uh, please do it in a safe environment, yeah. <laughs> neutral location, and it's a it's a good topic. And actually, I'm pretty sure they will. Uh, someone you know from the states and does ask that question over there. They'll tr uh, to someone who actually knows what's happening. They will. Uh, they will get excited because they will like to explain you and talk to you about it. But don't don't do it on the open air. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the last public opinion poll that I looked at, it was it was a near even split, and. I'm not going to go there and test out any hypotheses <laughs> on this, but that to me, like, do we petition to for statehood and get Puerto Rico's star put on the flag, or do we just kind of stay the way we are, or do we just push for total independence, you know, because I think that's another, when I have had conversations with other scholars about Puerto Rican statehood, I think that's, that's the third option that gets, that gets left out of the equation. Uh, I don't want to say my opinions. I don't want. <laughs> no, I don't. don't no. Don't. <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, but if you do go there, after the podcast, I'll give you a list of things to try. All right. Things to do, and probably give you a Vox dictionary just in case you hear those words and you know what's happening. All right. I'd appreciate. I'll appreciate that. <laughs> I'm. I'm going to be going with a Spanish language professor. Okay. So I'll have that working for me, and we're trying to. Well, what we're, what we're really looking to do is we want to get better at getting our students out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I want our students to have that Puerto Rican experience, yeah. you know, as part of their professional development experience. Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, but it's culturally all its own. You know, I want mm -hmm. to go and experience it. Depending on where you go, obviously, depending on what you're looking for, you're gonna you're gonna get like a different flavors. Again, going back to the food, that's the best part because I know you're gonna love it. They like to promote their, their best in their foods. Some of the best places are literally hidden from the tourist areas because they're either in the mountains mm. and they're like they're hidden gems in the mountains. So a lot of that's the best. That's what I'm looking for. So those are the best places to look for. Uh, it, you better have a strong stomach because the way to the mountain is not a straight line. You have to go a lot, a lot, through a lot of curves, ups and downs. So you might get a motion sickness if you don't have that strong stomach. I get motion sickness. But when you get to those places, uh, the views are beautiful because you're on the top of the mountain looking at, you know, looking everywhere else. And those restaurants, they do give you the best, you know, they what they can offer. And obviously... In Puerto Rico, like 
they love like I said, like their live music, they're always like, "There's you're gonna hear loud music every 24-7. You know, you know how they call New York the, the city that doesn't sleep? Yeah. Puerto Rico's the, the, the island that doesn't shut down <laughs> because <laughs> there's so much light, yeah, luminescent, uh, luminescent contamination because there's post lights every second that from satellites they could see the, the, the whole island glowing. They always have a strong nightlife, so that's something else part of the culture, the music, the dancing. Do you like to learn to dance salsa or merengue? Um, I'm, I got like four left feet. So <laughs> not I'm, just two. No, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the most coordinated dancer, but I think there are some dance classes on the itinerary <laughs> and I am not going to be a party pooper. <laughs> it's all, it's all in, uh, in the rhythm. Don't worry. You, you, you can get it. If I got it, you can get it. That's fun. So what about belonging? How does how do you understand belonging or what does it mean to you? Well, to me, belonging is when when you when you feel comfortable in 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 the in your new frontier of or your new space. Because for me and my wife, Maria, this was like our new frontier. We've been living our almost our whole lives in the island you know and then when we moved here we were like okay so let's let's test the waters we we drove around Dothan uh, once or twice a week just to like get a feel of how people drove and everywhere we go for us that is new is a new frontier and little by little we've been getting comfortable we go out more than we did in the past. Um, like when we started, we didn't like to go out a lot. We were like, um, you know, we, we were scared that something might happen to us. But with time passing back, we feel like, okay, we don't feel like the belonging, but we feel comfortable enough to feel like, okay, this is a safe space that we can visit and we don't feel uncomfortable anymore. And that's also thanks to visits. We got one of my best friends who lived with me in Puerto Rico, and then he moved, like, I think almost 10 years before I moved in. And he's the one who's like, let's go, something that we do in Puerto Rico. I don't know if you mind if I say the word in Spanish and then give you a trend translation. Do it, yeah. So we did um, chinchorreo. The direct translation is bar hopping. He just like, let's go chinchorreo. And I'm like, okay, let's let's go. And then thanks to him, we like, there's a ton of bars here. Yeah. We never thought there were a ton of bars. <laughs> Almost as many as the churches. But there were ton, there was a lot of hidden ton, ton of bars. And then he helped us because he's just like, let's like check Google. Let's see what places we can go visit. And we go visit. We visit different places. And, it's like, and it was a new experience. And it just like uh, peeled off that fear of like, oh, something might happen. Well, and something I noticed, I, I visited your office earlier today, mm -hmm. and you have some little like Quidditch kind of <laughs> Harry Potter stuff, and I was like, oh, this is a Harry Potter fan. Like, you find something in common, some kindred spirit piece, and it's like, oh, we can be friends, right? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> That's my, my way of expressing art. Everybody calls me very crafty. Yeah. So besides abstract paintings, I like to do a lot of like sculpting and different materials. So I cool. do some sculpting of the wands, original yeah. ones, handmade. Wow. So that's kind of my hobby slash if I can, if someone buys it, it's a little extra cash for the wallet for the gas. Yeah, yeah. 
But or the bar hopping. Either way. Or the bar hopping, exactly. <laughs> Cultural experiences, Wendy. That's right. That's you right. You say bar hopping, you make it sound negative. Well, it's, I can't. Chinchorreo. I can't like, say it like that. that then, then say chinchorreo. Let's say chinchorreo, and then like, what is that? Like, oh, it's something that, it's something if you go to Puerto Rico, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are all educators here, and we like to give our guests an opportunity to have a teaching moment. So if our audience was going to take away one thing from this conversation that they learned from you, what would that be? What is your teaching moment? The best teaching moment I can give is like, if you want to learn more about someone's culture or interest, it's like I said at the start of the podcast, uh, eat their food. Ask them to invite <laughs> you and and make you homemade. Yeah. It's not the same if you go to a restaurant. First a homemade and then a restaurant. That would be my best teaching, like the best teaching moment. That's for That for me is always, uh, is personally, it's always for me the, the, the one of the most important teaching lessons I get every time I go to a different place is let's try their food. Let's and then like or or let's go chinchorreo and and have a conversation uh, and, and I and I don't know who said it or or, or or someone mentioned it, but it's like conversations to learn from someone. It always goes amazing when you're having drinks and food at the same time. Mm-hmm. So for me, that would be a tip. <laughs> and if I do any fried plantains, I'll let you know. I'll email you to come over here, get those plantains with boiled peanuts that you can try. And you too, you have to come over. I want to see. I want to see pictures on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest for this episode of Culture and Belonging has been Miguel Rodriguez-Blessed, event specialist at Troy University's Dothan campus. We hope that you'll subscribe to the Culture and Belonging podcast wherever you get your podcast. And get involved by tweeting us at BelongingPod. We're also using the hashtag BelongingPod on LinkedIn, so you can find us there too. Give us your ideas on what cultural topics we should cover next. Your idea might just end up on the show. Culture and Belonging is produced by Troy University in the studios of Troy Public Radio by Austin Toy and Joey Hudson with help from Kyle Gassett. So until next time, I'm Wendy Broyles. And I'm Rich Lede, and this is Culture and Belonging. Culture and Belonging.